You're listening to Seaside Book Club Discussions, bringing you the authors and their work. Come sit with host Donasia Furlow to discover and discuss. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Seaside Book Club. This episode is a special virtual book club installment. Today I have with me Mr. Dominic Brightman. Uh, Dominic Dom Brightman is an award-winning speaker and certified member of the John Maxwell team. He is the author of Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, and runs a top-rated self-help podcast with the same name that interviews authors from all over the world. His mantra is, advance others to advance yourself. Dominic, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be with a fellow podcast host who has the letter, or should I say, as the name that starts with a D as well, so that's good. That's important. Likewise. There you go. Now, Dominic and I discovered we have a book in common. That book is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. We're going to be delving into that today. But before we do, Dominic, name three fun facts about yourself. Sure thing. Uh, I took Taekwondo for about six years, got to a blue belt level. Got a couple injuries, but still walking, so that's really good. And <laughs> they even turned a couple martial arts stories into a couple inspirational talks for some kids, so that was interesting. Fun fact number two is I like snickerdoodle cookies. They are like my kryptonite. I love me some nice. snickerdoodle cookies. And fun fact number three is that I like to refer to myself as chocolate to throw people off and make people laugh. So, Dominic, where did you first hear about the book Big Magic? Yeah, so in addition to podcasting, writing books, and just about a lot of random stuff under the sun to inspire others, I have a day job at a, as a librarian, and on our website, we have this list of books that come out, like new books, like Hot Titles, and Big Magic was one of them. This was like when it first came out a couple or so years ago. And I was like, okay, Elizabeth Gilbert, like the cover, it's all rainbow tie-dye swag going on. Yeah. Yeah, was nice. So I got a question for you. You mentioned working in a library with your personality. How I just need to know in the environment of the library, all of the literary astute are coming through and you just you just have this very live personality, very big personality. But what's that like? What? <laughs> Yeah, it's real simple because I'm pretty sure you've seen the meme going around on social media at one point where it showed the comfort zone and then it shows where the magic happens. Anyways, I work in a library where that dot outside of the comfort zone where the magic happens, we're that library because we serve about 150 teens after school during the school year and we're a drop-off point for five other schools. And we're basically everything to everybody so noise is actually a normal thing i wouldn't say massive like nightclub or music concert level noise but it is definitely not your quiet library it's more of a community center i'm sure those kids have fun with you or had fun with you have you always been a fan of elizabeth gilbert or was that like your first introduction to her when you saw but yeah i'm not i wouldn't consider myself a fan of her but i respect her in the work it's like best-selling author and inspiring folks to be creative, especially nowadays where there's so many folks who, I mean, yeah, there's content ahoy all over the world, but there's still that like little small group of people who are still shy and fearful because it's like, oh, the market's oversaturated, but it's like, hey, you still got to be creative and put your stuff out there. 
Yeah, that was a phenomenon. Yes. That's right, all the feels. No, that is very, very true. Everyone has a platform now on social media and just trying to break through that, you know, or having the wherewithal, the gumption to be like, you know, I'm going to still, you know, try my luck here, you know, because there's always a community out there and, you know, you can feel like this is what is popular. You know, this is what I have to be doing in order to be relevant and just being yourself. Sometimes you end up finding your tribe through that. There's always a community. You know, there's too many people in the world to, for every one of us to be doing the same thing, you know. So I'm a huge fan of Elizabeth Gilbert, chick lit person. I enjoyed Eat, Pray, Love. I watched the movie several times. I listened to the Audible books several times while washing dishes and everything. And I felt inspired. I'm not ashamed of that. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah. So, what does big magic mean to you? Oh yeah, big magic. Uh, since I'm shocked, I like to call it big black magic, as as a you know the whole chocolate thing. No, but seriously, the big magic. It's really all about embracing the magic of technology and the tools that technology allows us to have and use to spread our goodness out to the world. Because yeah, big magic is spreading your creative juices to the world. You just Take the stuff out of your head, put it on paper or, in this case, digital paper and share it for others to catch and see if they like it or not. And it, it can be either one of two things. It could be like a ball game where it's like, OK, they catch the ball, they run with it, enjoy it. Or it's hot potato where they just toss it and then it just lands to the next person or whoever else. So that's really what big magic really is to me, just taking advantage of the tools and the technology available to spread your message at the most rapid rate possible in the 21st century, because we have basically magic today that folks hundreds, if not decades ago, wish that they had their hands on. Yeah. It's caused a lot of tension with folks that feel like, you know, I had to really struggle to get to this point within my career and, you know, other individuals just get on YouTube and, you know, do something silly online. And then they end up finding themselves with huge ad campaigns and, you know, in major, uh, in major movies at award shows, just like from a couple of videos. And it's just, that's just where we are now, you know, and we're adjusting to the world that we are in, you know, but for me, big magic is just that divine inspiration, just that spirit of, you know, whatever wakes you up in the middle of the night or just occurs to you and just won't let you go. That kind of uh, gumption to decide, I'm going to pursue it. It's come to me and a lot of the time we can find that um, it seems crazy, it seems ludicrous, and you figure out that someone else, somewhere else, did the same thing and had a tremendous amount of, yeah. You know, have you ever had like a moment like that? Because I know Elizabeth shares um, talking about inspiration coming to individuals and, you know, it's just waiting to be acted upon and it will sit with you for a while. And then at some point, if you decide not to do so, it'll show up somewhere else. Has someone ever done something you totally meant to do? I have to say, not in recent history, at least that I know of, <laughs> that I've really known of, but yeah, it. It's really out there. Now, the day someone comes out with, like, incense books, now then I'll be like, all right, okay, someone finally did take that idea or 
like with sometimes like with ma- certain mannerisms, but it's like a lot of that stuff. It's like, yeah, it sucks in the moment, but at the same time, it's like, darn, that's what I get for taking so darn long to get my feet moving. <laughs> yeah. I think that a lot of time uh, or times rather creativity is one of those things that kind of uh, pull you to be bold. And I think we all have that one coming of age moment or a second coming of age later on in our lives. You know, we spend so much time trying to assimilate and then you end up figuring out, you know, what is it that makes me unique? Like we stop trying at some point. A lot of us do. And like realizing that it was our uh, actual differences that made us um, made us special that had caught the attention of our own track. So, like I said, I totally enjoyed it. It was a really feel good read. I love Elizabeth's uh, tone, how she how she's not she doesn't take herself super seriously. Like a lot of people are clutching April love to their chests and they're like, you know, she's yeah, she's this prolific genius and she's the voice of our generation. And then Big Magic just kind of comes along and she's like, hey man, sometimes I'm going to, um, I'm going to do something and it's going to work out real well. I'll probably do six crappy books after this. You know, it was a phenomenon. I put out my work into the world. It wanted to be, it wanted to be birthed. I did it. It's out there. People take it how they want, but I'm not going to let that stop me from trying new things. And I think that was really important for her to put out there. Like, you know, there've been a lot of books out there where people feel like, you know, this is this guy's one book and he's just the best author. And then you come to find out this guy has like 17 books. A lot of it, no one else read after that, but you know, yeah, like this was that one thing that struck a chord and it's like it's it's an american classic just like you know i don't know if you heard like the bible the guy king james he has like a whole book i was like oh we don't know we were just reading the bible not getting into that but i'm just saying (laughs) you know what but everyone loves that everyone loves being that one fanboy that you know i know all this underground stuff you guys only know him now so Everything has its place. So are you like an underground Nas fan like you were you were there from the beginning? Heck, almost like Nas with his Illmatic album. It's like they put that album so high and then people just forget the rest of his work. <laughs> like no more whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the album came out in 94 when I was alive, but I was like three. So I wouldn't consider myself an underground fan. <laughs> Like it's like yeah I was I was I was there as in East Coast in the country maybe not Queens Bridge but yeah I, I like Nas great music great guy and love his music I'm I'm not a huge guy that says Illmatic's the best ever and all of his other stuff doesn't compare it's like he had a lot he has a huge catalog and it's a lot of great music it's it, it's kind of kind of could suck sometimes when you create something out of nowhere and. You may not even expect it to become big, and then you put your heart into something else, and then folks still like, nah, nah, that hits a lot harder, man. That hits a lot harder, man. That was when you had them roaches in the crib, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the earlier you start, like you were there. Ah, yes. Just that hustle and flow struggle. You know, yeah, there's a lot of pressure in that. There's a pressure to continue to perform at a certain level. You know, there's a pressure to stay within bounds at all times. 
uh, I know we're getting so far off base, but like a lot of the things that you're talking about has me thinking about people like Lil Nas X, like when, you know, they were like, you better not do nothing but country. That's what I like. Like, so... <laughs> yeah, so when he went, like, went off and, like, when he made his other announcement, everyone's like, no, I don't like this. You know, we were all for the, for the black country star and I don't want to see him as a human being, you know, with his own life and with his own beliefs. Like, no, just <laughs> walk around in these Wranglers and these cowboy boots and just do this. So it can be, it can be a burden, you know, being put in that box. Mm-hmm. And I love how she just follows up with Big Magic and says, you know what? If no other work I do is a hit, that's fine with me. Not even this book. If it's not a hit, then that's okay. I've been called to respect or respond to creativity or the creative itch. Like it's letting me know that I just want to be put out and that's what I'm going to do, you know, regardless of what the popular opinion is. Somebody's going to like it. So let me ask you a question. How have you been applying big magic to your own life? Yeah. So for me, big magic is publishing two of my books because funny enough, the first book was a dare from a friend at a conference. Yeah. Someone actually dared me to write a book and that was back when I was 23. And then a few years later, followed up with another book. And, and in the second book, in the introduction, I tell folks like, hey, this may not be the first time you read some of the stuff in here, but it may be the first time that yeah. it'll actually hit you because there's this thing where no matter how many times someone hears something, they may need to hear something seven or more times just to finally get the point. Because when people are yeah. sick and tired of hearing you say something, right. they're just then beginning to get it. And when folks around you are sick and tired of hearing something, they're just then beginning to get it. And that's really where the big magic has been hitting for me. Like kind of like when we touched a little bit earlier with a lot of folks being scared and being fearful, even though fear is a good thing, as she mentions in the book. Fear is a good thing because that shows where you need to move. And I use the big magic to move forward and to keep pushing forward with whatever I'm doing, because there may be times where you may come across someone on one podcast and on another podcast. And it's really a great thing to just share the wealth and have that abundance mentality and realizing like, hey, if it's really big magic, that means it's big enough for everyone who wants to get a piece of this huge deep dish pie. I'm I'm talking about real deep. I'm talking like deeper than five wells deep. Yeah. So it was funny because um, I was at a conference through Toastmasters International and that's a nonprofit organization where you build up your leadership skills and communication skills. Yeah. And the thing about being in an organization like that, you're around people who are at the same goal and that's to become better. Right. And what better way to become better by encouraging other folks to become better and not better. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is pretty cool, though. I mean, I think that we could all use those kind of friends in our lives that, you know, are like, you know, you have a story to tell or you have some valid points. And I think that other people need to need to hear that. You know, and it needs to be out there. There's always an audience. Sometimes you're speaking for that one person in the back who didn't know other people thought that way or doesn't want to say that I need that help. I need those resources. You know, that's definitely important. You work in the literary environment. You were in the library. You've authored a few books. Um, I know that Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks so much about um, just the suffering artist, you know, and not necessarily financially suffering, just like 
they feel like they have to be in emotional turmoil in order to produce work. They have to suffer. That's right. What was your writing process? Did you experience anything like that in which you were like, I have to literally birth this work of art? Like, what was it for you? Yeah. So it wasn't no physical womb. So not to worry about that birthing part. But as for the writing itself, it was really just having a set schedule of just having some time to actually sit down and write. Yes. Because there's the thing going around where folks like, hey, you got to write every day. If you want to get a book out, you should write every day. It's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can do that, but that's not for everybody because I'm one of those people where it's not for everybody because everybody's different. Everybody has their workflow and their creative workflow. It's like some days things aren't just going to come out your head. Some days you're just going to sit in front of that notepad or that laptop and that random cursor button flickering at you, having a blinking contest with you because it's like, hey, it's just one of those days. Like there may be days when nothing comes out and you just have to be grateful for that, that you set the time to do that. And heck, even deadlines themselves, deadlines are great. Because they can put a dead end on procrastination, but at the same time with certain creative work, like if it was like something outside of writing, like a painting or something or some kind of sculpture or something, there's certain things that it may be you may not be inspired that day and just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and realizing like, hey, I'm feeling bad today, but if I get to wake up tomorrow, I can try again another day. And then just realizing like, hey, it's a learning experience, seeing things as a learning experience instead of a losing experience and just being comfortable with the fact that, hey, no matter what happens, I'm still a creator. I can still create. I'm a mini creator under the big creator for those who are spiritual and realize that no matter what happens, I can still create. Just not today. Let me go and get some tea or coffee and do something to relax my mind. Yeah, that's definitely important. I've had a lot of conversations um, with authors and a lot of the time, you know, they have publishing houses that will have them just going to under strict, you know, this is what your word count has to be. This is what you have to produce, you know, and I feel like sometimes that can just take the spontaneity out of what creativity is. Just that waking up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden just just having all these words pour out of you and just clicking away at your laptop or just like feeling around for a pen and paper in the middle of the night and like, you know, this is my next chapter and it could just be like that and you don't know where it came from. You know, having a copy and paste and just like reach a certain word quota sometimes just kind of, I think, robs some of that creativity from from a lot of writers and kind of makes it more of a chore than a passion, you know. So you feel like your process, you had been far removed from having to because it was something all your own. And after having your experience with Toastmasters, you feel like this is something that I was glad to have this experience. I'm glad I was there to do this. Um, What has been the response uh, for that book? Yeah, the response is just seeing others inspired because when they see a young millennial with a book out and promoting it and getting attention, they're like, wait a second. All right, let me, I can do this too. And it's just really, that's been the main thing, just seeing others actually getting confidence to write their books and publish them and join the business of immortality because that's what I like to call authorship is the business of immortality because you're leaving a piece of yourself in this world that someone can go in and see what you were thinking at that 
point in time while you were on the planet in a living form. So that's really been just the feedback and the responses I've been getting is folks, they want to start their own books. Five folks, they've written and published books of their own. Heck, even a friend of mine, he's going to be starting a podcast soon because he's been seeing me podcasting. So your reaction is the inspiration. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that you are encouraging of others to go out there and know that, you know, just like you said, there is some for everyone. We always have this, um, or a lot of people have this uh, feeling that there's not enough to go around, you know. And I saw this, um, yes, we're a part of meme culture. So I saw this meme. My reference is a meme. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, they were saying something about like, I think it was a page on Instagram. And they're like, you know, anytime you think that you are oversaturating the market, you feel as if though there are a lot of people out there doing the same thing. Just go to the supermarket and there's like eight, nine, ten different kinds of bread. Like, no one's like, oh, we've done that before. Like, let's turn around. Let's like figure out something else. Like. No, everyone has their place. Everyone has their audience. Everyone has someone who decides that, you know, this is for me. This is what strikes a chord. And it's a great disservice to yourself and those individuals who get some kind of help from it or comfort from it with you not putting yourself out there, putting your work out there. So if you have an urge or a desire to do so, you definitely should give it a try, especially within these times, you know. So let me ask you a question. Besides your podcast, are you working on any other projects right now? Uh, yes, going to be working on doing a group mastermind session for the 2020 year based off of the 15 Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. And that's one of my favorite books of all time. And just going to be doing mastermind sessions off of that, as well as Leader Shift. It's all about shifting yourself from where you are to another level of greatness. So seeing yourself more as a ladder builder instead of a ladder climber. So those are the things I'm really working on is just doing more group mastermind sessions for those who may be interested feel free to reach out and there's a third book in the works there's no timetable on it and heck there might even be another co-author project i might jump on to take off some of the legwork that i would have to do myself because (laughs) publishing a book it it's easy and it's hard the easy part is nowadays you have options to get it out in your hands as quickly as possible and to get into the hands of others but it's Hard in another sense because you get to have those days where something may not come to mind or you feel like you're repeating yourself when you're writing things down. So just be on the lookout for that, too. So it's going to be coming soon like a Beyonce album. You don't know when it's coming out. It's just going to be coming right at you. Nice. And I think it has so much to do with the theme of a lot of the things that you've said about not freaking out about deadlines, that the work a lot of the time is going to take the time that it needs and just allowing those thoughts to form. And for that project to come together. And you mentioned something that's so interesting that I think a lot of listeners can get a lot out of and not necessarily uh, climbing the ladder. I don't know if you were referring to things like, you know, the corporate ladder, but building your own and, you know, just kind of cutting your own path. And I think a lot of people think that there is a template. You know, we get online and there's all of these um, there's all of these how to's and manuals. And this is exactly how you do this. And, you know, the comment section is killing a lot of individuals. Like it was something they think is um, is new and fresh. And this is something that I'm real proud of. And a lot of people are like, you know, they can come from thousands of miles away. And who is you think she is? Or, this looks like a whatever, whatever. And being worrying about like your stuff getting screenshot. And there's a whole roast session like you have to have a broad back when you put your your stuff out. Out there you know there is no template and as you got to create one and just stand behind it that's it pretty much you have that series coming out where you where you give those leadership tips 
Sure thing, and that would be that you are your own secret to success. Somewhere in your mind, your subconscious mind, lies something that's going to awaken, kind of like the big magic theme for this conversation, and it's going to come at you lightning fast. It's like your miracle. Your miracle's coming to you. It's coming towards you, and it's coming past you if you're not ready to capture that miracle. So you are your own secret to success, and be ready at all times for when it happens. Yeah. So is there anything that you, you know, you'd want to leave listeners with today? Most definitely. And that's pretty prolific. I'm glad that you put that out there. Um, I came into podcasting just by being a listener, just being an observer and just admiring individuals who were brave enough to put their voices out there who are brave enough to say, you know what, there's like a thousand other podcasts, but there's going to be like, I don't know, 10 individuals who are going to stumble upon it. Just like what I have to say. I didn't think it would happen. I had started a book club and not a lot of people can come out for book club all the time. And a lot of people like to talk about books, but at the same time to come out of your house is like, sounds like, you know what? I like to talk about books and a lot of other people like to as well. And there are times when you just got to reach out, you know, a lot of time art is what brings a lot of individuals together. Yeah. These are thoughts and concepts that another individual had and I connected with that. And that's something that I want to share with others. I want to talk about those common themes. I want to talk about how it correlates to our daily lives, what we can learn from it. Because I think a lot of the time they're just lamb blasted with a lot of um, a lot of information on, you know, you have to be this way, act this way. You cannot have feelings or you have to be it's my way or the highway. It's me standing alone, like screw everybody else. And it's like, yeah, it's 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 a crazy time to grow up in like a lot of times I look at I look at kids growing up and it's like these are kids going to school with like lace fronts and eyelashes I wouldn't know what to do at that point in my life like everyone's so grown everyone is so you know trying their best to be just so mature right now and I'm like I'm glad that I got those last few moments of being able to have a childhood and before everything was recorded yeah so the work that you're doing and letting people know it's okay to be a leader is um is important or to just carve your own path. You gotta have a broad back in these days. You really do. Oh yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> you are definitely right. Like bullying is on steroids thanks to the dark side of social media and technology. And I'd like to thank you so much for coming on. I know that um, you know, if you can, just for listeners, repeat the name of your podcast so they can know to check you out. Oh, yeah, sure thing. It is the Going North Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iTunes, you can find it. Going North Podcast, new episode every Monday and Thursday. That is incredible. I'd like to thank you so much for coming on the show for this installment of the Virtual Book Club. Thanks again. Uh, every episode is very different. We ended up on this tangent of leadership and it is what it is. I'd like to thank you listeners for tuning in. This has been another episode of Seaside Book Club Discussions. This is your host, Don Asia Furlow, signing out. Remember, listeners, keep reading.